0: And see Nudity, you've come to the right place. Just go to my site, it's right there, it's the same as my name, hungtgirl.com. You can check out the free videos I have there. Just click on the pictures. They're actually videos I updated every week, and they'll appear differently depending on whether you're um, looking on a mobile device or like a laptop PC. I suggest a PC or a laptop. If you're trying to check out the videos, you'll get more. They're free, and they're on either platform. It's up to you. Um, You can see that side of me, many, many different sides of me and my friends that way. Um, Get a subscription or um, make a donation if you want, or just check out the free stuff. All of the above are very much appreciated. Thank you. Um, And you can also see what we do here. If you click on the Naked Truth pages there or the Living Water Chapel pages or even the My COVID Chronicle pages there... On um, my website, hungtgirl.com you can also see um, what we do here, which is sort of give you, um, well, it's to totally focus on the gospel teachings of Jesus Christ, chapter by chapter and verse by verse, focusing on the red letters because that's what Jesus had to say. And if you're a Christian or going to call yourself a Christian and not just the Christian in name only, then Jesus should get the last word when it comes to any subject in the world especially if he may took the time to come here and cover it um so that's what we do here on the um naked truth um go over the gospels and like i said you can see those links there if you check them out on the site or um join us here hopefully um you can get something if you like we're gonna pick up where we left off at the book of matthew we went over chapter three and that basically introduced us to john the baptist Um, and, um, and his whole role in everything and how he was confronted by the religious leaders and um, whether he was lying or just being looking out for his safety and being deceptive sort of like when the three wise, three wise men didn't report back to um, the king when they found Jesus for the whole nativity story. Maybe it was that sort of situation. Whatever the case is, John didn't um, Tell them, recognize, or admit that he was um, the Old Testament prophet who was prophesied of. And that was in chapter 3. So now we're going to pick up in chapter 4. If you want, it's about when Jesus begins his ministry. You can read along with me in your Bible or just listen in either way. Be blessed. We're going to pick up at Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So um this is Jesus beginning his ministry in the very beginning what he has to go through it seems is like a boot camp where he's gonna have to be tried. Um and when he had finished fasted forty days and forty nights afterward he was hungry. So um like I've said before, you have to think you have to think beyond what it is we understand what we know because what we know today can change tomorrow. That's like the whole basic um it's like always improving itself on whatever is theorized to be true. So we know that you can't really go 40 days like into a desert uh, and, um, without food and especially without water. Um, so this has to be a divine experience. And then when we're going to be introduced to um, some supernatural things that happen along the way. So the only way that I would make sense of it is if there were some sort of way, and I know it sounds crazy, but... Given the fact that even now our own government admits that UFOs are real, it may not be that crazy. That maybe possibly the wilderness was taken to was a different time zone, as in not in this one, not in this dimension, not in on this Earth. And I only say that because the further you go out, it seems time changes. It even you can even go back in time according to what scientists say, um, as far as flight years and that sort of thing, how they're measured. And um, so just keep in mind that it may happen here, Jesus had some sort of um, experience. That either, Whatever the case may be, I think the point is that Jesus is in a wilderness. It doesn't say a desert, it says a wilderness. So um, the point is he's apart, I think, apart from everyone else and apart from what we'd call civilization. Now when the tempter came to him, he said... If you're the son of God, come command that these stones become bread. So the first thing I would say to notice is that it's not Jesus who calls the devil the tempter here. It's whoever wrote. It's the gospel writer uh, referring to uh, the devil as that tempter. But um, whatever the devil is, it's clear he has superpowers because from the Old Testament to the New, he's still around. So he clearly has uh, longevity, but also the ability to appear. um in this supernatural way to Christ while He's holy, and it's not really clear why God would need to tempt God if you believe that Jesus is God, and I do. Um, it's not tempt. It's not clear why um, God would see to it that the physical manifestation of God, Jesus, go through a temptation period, unless it has to do with uh, strictly tempting the flesh part of Jesus, the human part of Jesus, to see if that would be enough. To overcome the divine part and mission that he knows he was sent on because he's going to prophesy about his own crucifixion. That's the only way I could make sense of it, but um, something to consider. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So this is an introduction, and I've said it before, to one of Jesus's um, methods that he uses when confronted. In this case, it's by the devil, like the head of religious uh, He's confronted by the devil in this case, but in other cases, he's confronted by the religious leaders. And usually um, when it happens, they're um, asking him about how does his doctrine, how can he do the things he does or say the things he says? And and they use references to their own doctrine, basically the Old Testament, as we call it um, now to try and condemn or at least accuse him. And the different things he was doing, for instance, his healing people on the Sabbath day, the day of rest, and calling it work, and therefore um, sin. So um, here Jesus is bringing it up. What Jesus, one of the main things Jesus, one of the main things Jesus would do, is um, bring up their own doctrine, their own dogma, if you will, against them when it comes to um, what it is, what it is they preach and proclaim and tell others to go by and believe and what they themselves actually do. And um, so many times I don't think that Jesus, when he brings up an Old Testament quote like this, I don't think Jesus is bringing up an Old Testament quote because he's affirming it necessarily and as much as, as much as he is using it to silence the critics. Because if you're going to uh, preach this doctrine saying that it's what you believe is the truth, then you should be living it if you truly believe it. Um, So I think that's what he was doing when he was pointing that out. Um, So in this case, he's pointing back to the Old Testament where um, it looks like Deuteronomy chapter 8, where um, it says that man doesn't live by bread alone. Um, Basically, that life is not about what you're eating, true life, life after this, the hereafter. It's, um, it's, It's source, it's livelihood, what sustains it is whether god sees to it if you have it or not just like food sustains our life here and the flesh then the devil took him up into the holy city set him up on set him on the pinnacle of the temple so here now it doesn't say it's i mean it he could physically be taking jesus which lets you know again that he's has incredible supernatural powers which you'd have to wonder, why would God give him those powers and those abilities if he's if he's truly just uh, malevolent and evil? Rather, I don't think that's his that he's um, just uh, evil just, um, you know, I think if he's evil, he's evil by design. That's the role that God's given to him to play in these different parts for all his time throughout the whole Bible and then even in other uh, beliefs, there's Someone usually tagged as the devil or the Satan or the the evil one, or however you want to call it. So, um, so it would it, I mean, if you're just thinking reasonably, why would a loving father send his son to not only die on the cross, but also in the meantime, get tempted by the devil if the devil was truly just purely evil? But I don't know. <clears throat> and said to him, if you are the son of God. But anyway, so the devil here has taken Jesus up either in a vision or physically to another place. That's why I think that you should keep an open mind when it comes to things like space travel or portals or wormholes or whatever. Just because we may not have experienced it or seen it doesn't make it not true or the case. Just like you can't see a coronavirus or a bacteria or a virus or anything, but that doesn't mean it's not there and doesn't mean it can't still affect you. Um, so, similarly, just because we may not understand how these things happen, I don't think you can just dismiss them out of hand, especially as you see technology develops to the way it is now, where you can do all kinds of things that just 20, 30, 40 years ago were not um, happening. They were just weren't so. Um, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. So now the devil here is doing just like how the religious people usually do. They'll try and use um, scripture to try and condemn people. So uh, the devil tried him with the first temptation of um, telling him, uh, him, sort of tempting him playing on his human needs for food and drink, trying to get him to fall that way when that didn't work. now and, and God answered him. Jesus answered him with uh, scripture to shut that first temptation down. Then you see the second temptation now is with scripture, the same thing Jesus just used against him. And he's quoting here. It looks like from Psalm 91, the devil is actually quoting here And um, trying to tempt Jesus, which, again, is something a lot of religious people like to do. That's why if you're going to try and find God and if you're going to try and um, know the truth, you've really got to search for it because people will try you the same way. And in many cases, shake your faith, make you believe that there's nothing to believe in, in many cases, and turn people away just by their own teachings and words. Nothing about what God even had to say. But in this case... The devil is quoting um, the book of Psalms 34 and, um, and it's funny how some preachers will use this verse to show how the devil will twist things to make them not true. And then those same preachers will use that same tactic of changing a word or two and twisting it and making it completely not what the passages mean. So you really have to look out for that. In this case, he's Pointing out to Jesus that in the book of Psalms, um, it's written that the angels are basically going to protect you. And um, and a lot of Christians will read that verse and try and use it to apply to our own lives. But here the devil is showing that that scripture, if it's true and if it applies to Christians and if it applies to Christ specifically, then he should have nothing to worry about if he jumps off of a building. Because the angels are going to give, the angels have charge over him to protect him and everywhere he goes. And that they'll they'll bear him up in their hands and keep him safe so that he won't even uh, dash his foot against the soul. So the devil is basically saying, if you're God, if you're the Christ, then you have access to these powers. Why don't you use them? He's saying why don't you go ahead and jump off the building because the angels are going to catch you. They're not going to let you fall. And, um, uh, basically tempting Jesus to show off. Um, and not, maybe not even show off, but prove himself to him. Just like how people will pray and ask God to prove God's real to them as if, um, that's God's priority to make you believe in him. It, it says it like in the old Testament, um, It'd be like the the thing that's being made saying of the thing that made it he has no understanding it's it would be it wouldn't make sense for God with all if we believe God is almighty and all powerful to feel like he needs to prove himself to us the thing He made that'd be like us trying to prove ourselves to a cake we made or to our children if you have kids trying to prove yourselves to them. You've already brought them there. That should that, I don't know. I think that I think that that's what the devil's trying to do here. He's trying to get Jesus to, um, to pull a stunt and prove that he has the power that he says he has, or that he believes he should have since he's uh, the anointed one. Jesus said, to him, "It is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God." So uh, the script the devil used um, flesh temptation the first time with his hunger. It's time he's used scriptural temptation to try and tempt Christ into um, doing something that's not faithful, basically. And now, um, again, Jesus answers him back with scripture to um, shut that down, which is basically the only way you'll get through. It's the same way here. Now, today, you see these crazy people who call themselves Christians and getting their flocks to do all kinds of foolish things like ignore warnings or gathering groups to protest. And in many cases protesting where well, they don't even know what they're protesting when if anything, they could just demand that the president and the government start truly doing mass testing. So we'll know where the, who has the disease, where it's at and treat them. And then those who don't have, it will be free to return back to normal. But instead, They protest some. They showed on the news, even one woman with little kids, and infant even in her hand, standing out in the rain in Michigan, protesting. And asked her, what are you protesting? And she couldn't even form words for what she's protesting, but risking her life and the babies, the innocent babies lives. But the same thing here um, with Jesus being tested, Jesus being tempted, he shuts him down the second time. Using scripture because sometimes that's the only thing that will get through to um, certain people. So he used scripture against his own scripture to bring him back. And he said to him, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. So notice that twice now, the devil doesn't reply to the things Jesus says. He just takes a different tack and tries a different approach. So um now he's taking him up again with um his apparent apparently with his power to transport or maybe showing him um somehow he they've transported to another place, an exceedingly high mountain, and he's showing him all the kings of the world and their glory. In other places as in a moment of time. So letting sort of a glimpse at the even the, the devil has power even to look into the future at what's going to happen and tempt Christ with dominion or giving him dominion over all of that and he said to him all these things i will give you if you fall if you will fall down and worship me so the devil it seems like if you're going to think about it from the devil's position maybe the devil doesn't recognize that jesus is uh the savior although that doesn't make since, since other demons would recognize Jesus as Christ when he would do exorcisms and cast them out, but um, it seems more likely that Jesus does recognize that he's um, his divinity um, and is trying to tempt him away from his mission um, by either getting him to doubt himself the first time or um, getting him to give in to temptation to just eat and break his fast the first time, or whatever it is he was fasting from. Well, I guess it does say food and drink, but you, like I said before, you don't have to just fast from food and drink. Some people physically fast for food and drink. Most people can't fast forty days without drinking any water. Um, But you can't fast from other things for 40 days. You can give up gambling, for instance, or cursing or drinking or smoking for 40 days if you want to dedicate a fast in that sense. But um, so the devil's taking these different texts. So now he's giving him one more chance. Now he's taking another opportunity to try and um, wave power in Jesus's face to get him to uh, worship him. So it's not even... um, it's not even that he's doubting Jesus's divinity. He's trying to gain control over him at this point. Um, and he's saying, you can have all this stuff in the world if you'll just worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord, your God, and him only you shall serve. So you've probably heard that before. but um, So Jesus is telling him enough, basically. And um, also pointing to, again, the Old Testament using... Old Testament scripture as the fire he's fighting that fire of temptation with. And in that case, it looks like it's also the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, chapter six, if you want to read the away with you, Satan passage, excuse me. So there you have three temptations and each time Jesus shut it down, Each time using uh, scripture. So maybe that's a lesson for us in uh, life when we're tempted or either confronted is more likely, um, at least in my case, generally with family, but sometimes even with strangers. um, When you're confronted with people who think they're holier than thou and they try to use scriptures against you. I think the lesson here Jesus is giving us is that if you're going to be a Christian, you should know his word and use that as our fire. Use Jesus's word as our fire of defense when hypocrites holier than thou people come against us and try to use old Testament scriptures or even new Testament, non-red letter, uh, teachings, or even their own dogma that they've cooked up themselves. No, Jesus's word. Um, I think is the whole point of that, um, for us as Christians. And that would be what we fight that sort of thing with is the gospel, Then the devil left him and behold angels came and ministered him. So the devil was like, okay, and left. Um, but it's notice there's one other thing you may want to notice here. A lot of preachers will well some preachers will preach that Jesus when Jesus said away with you Satan, that from then on Satan's been locked away behind Jesus in heaven. It doesn't because Revelation says at some point Satan is thrown out of heaven and that's just nonsense. Because you there'll be another uh, occasion where Satan's gonna appear between here and um, and the resurrection uh, and even the crucifixion. remember it's Satan who um, it is credited with or I don't even if that's a good word for but it's Satan who's said to have um, worked on Judas Iscariot to get him to betray Jesus and that it was um Satan who got um Peter to speak out and condemn jesus when jesus said he was going to even be crucified so just because people tell you stuff and bark it at you even from a pulpit that doesn't make it true you should check it out for yourself and see if it's true he's saying away with you satan as in that's enough and leave and that that was it there and then nothing about being locked away by behind jesus and be thrown from there and in even the verse in revelation if you're, if it seems to me we've gone over that verse when Satan is thrown out of heaven, that certainly seems like past tense because it wouldn't make sense for uh, uh, for Satan to still have that kind of access to heaven at that point, even after Jesus has been set away with him. But believe what you want, what you want to. If it makes sense to you, then the devil uh, left him. Okay, so now when Jesus had heard that John had been put in prison. He departed to Galilee. Okay, John the Baptist ended up being arrested after um, after the whole incident with the religious leaders confronting him, asking him who he was and why is he doing what he's doing. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. So these are areas basically of the Middle East, uh, the Holy Land area, Palestine, whichever you want to call it, right there off the Mediterranean between the Mediterranean and the Jordan River, that area, basically. And leaving Nazareth, excuse me, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelled in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, so this is pointing back now to a passage from the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, one of the few books of the Old Testament that has been accepted Um, by many different religions to be authentic because I think it's the one, one of the books that two people uh, penned from two different locations and they turn out to be the exact same words, like word for word. And they were able to do that in the time before we had technology to do things like that. Um, So anyway, that's what's being pointed to here in the book of Isaiah. And he's going to say, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way to sea beyond the Jordan Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness saw great light. And upon those who sat in a region in shadow of death, light has dawned. So the writer of this of Matthew is saying that, excuse me, that this is pointing to um, a prophecy that Isaiah in the Old Testament um, said would happen. the writer here is saying that this is the fulfillment of that prophecy that is happening right there before them. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So now, again, the thing to notice when Jesus is beginning his ministry here is that the very first thing he says to do is repent. How important that is. And it's the same thing that John the Baptist, when you read in the Gospels about the beginning of his ministry, it's the same thing. The first thing is to repent. And repentance involves something that a lot of people don't like to do because it involves deep self-examination and really a critical editing eye as the great Tim Gunn would say of yourself and looking at where you've gone right and where you've gone wrong and focusing on where you've gone wrong and trying to make amends for it. I think AA has a similar precept that's a lot based uh, Bible based teachings like that. Um, But anyway, um, that's what the first message is is to repent. And he's also saying for the kingdom of God of heaven is at hand. And he's, I think that's his way of letting them know the time that they were looking forward to from Old Testament teachings and prophecies. It's right there at hand. It's right there in front of them. It's being fulfilled right now. Now, Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. So now you see Jesus is going to begin gathering his the first disciples. And he starts with fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That's sort of the whole um, premise of uh, Christianity and probably religions in general, not that Christianity should be considered a religion, true Christianity. A lot of forms of it absolutely are nothing but religion. And when I say religion, I mean rituals where you're repeating the same thing that's been taught to you that doesn't necessarily even reflect on anything that was taught as uh, by Jesus that is. So anyway, um, he's beginning to gather his disciples and the first two are fishermen and he compares what he's going to he compares what he's preparing them for to fishing, but instead of fishing for fish, fishing for men. And he's it's sort of a parable for it. Then they immediately left their nets and followed him. So they instantly followed. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And immediately they left the, the net, they left the boat, and their father, and followed him. So he's gained four disciples, just like that, um, calling them. And most likely this would be... this sort of reinforces my thoughts that all of us, whether what we end up doing is, um, good or bad, a lot of it seems to already be pre-planned, even scripted that way. And that we're just fulfilling our part in whatever big picture, big, uh, script it is that God, the creator, the one who's writing it has for us to play. Um, In the big picture, that's what people are doing, whether it's uh, Jesus coming to play his part and die and be crucified and rise again and save people or Judas to betray him or Satan to tempt him or Peter to betray him. Whatever the case may be, I think we're all on a stage and just playing a part. And immediately um, so they all left their nets, though, and followed Jesus when he called them. Now, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of de- disease among the people. So Jesus is going around healing people. So you can imagine that makes him popular. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases diseases. And torments and those who are demon possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. So, all kinds of people who are going through all kinds of different problems and issues physical issues, health issues, um, spiritual issues uh, they're all crowding to get to Jesus and to get some healing and getting it. And great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. So that sort of lets you know around that whole region, Jesus was going viral. People were believing in him and doing what they can to get as close to him as they can to see the miracles and then to access them also. So that actually ends this reading. Um, I appreciate you checking it out, um, and I'm gonna do the Mark chapter four next if you wanna stick around or check it out. Uh, but I'm gonna end this one here just for time sake to keep them more condensed. Thanks again. God bless you. And hopefully you'll join me again. If not for the Mark reading right now, um, Wednesday, we'll do Jean-Luc, those two books. And then Saturday, we're going to pick up where we left off in Revelation. All God willing, wash your hands, be safe and God bless you. Thanks again. Peace.